0: Go there, you'll never return. Say goodbye to all that you know. Join the pigs on
1: Hillsboro Road. Are
2: you going Hey, to everybody, right now you are listening song. to the official theme song for our yeah, upcoming 80s throwback there, slasher. Hillsborough Road. If you want to download the song, all you got to do is go to Hillsborough Road The Movie dot me and download a free copy of the song. All right, let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something podcast. My name is Eric
0: kasloff and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. How's it going, Larry? Oh man, everything is good, Eric. Everything is good, actually. Can I confess something, Eric? Um, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired. Okay. I'm, I because you know we got our film right. We're and obviously I want to talk a little bit about because you guys did you and uh, Dylan did um uh, a recent podcast, right? Yeah. With the the HBO announcement. Yeah, talking
2: um, about Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Yes,
0: yes. But before we get into that, and not to beat a dead horse, um, and actually, what what you guys were listening to at the top of the show was our theme song yeah. to Hillsborough Road. Um, and it was sung by Micah Allen Johnson, a very good friend and host of the LOL Lessons in Real Estate, Real Estate. podcast and you can actually download that for free as uh um as a ringtone or anything yeah. you want. Yeah. Uh just go to our website. It's hillsboroughroadmovie.me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, but actually before we get into the HBO, I'm man, this is this wearing me out this pre-production stuff. Oh. I don't know what we were thinking trying to do pre-production for like 3 or 4 or 5 months and then just getting into it, you know? Well, that's, you know, that way we get the heavy lifting out of the way so we can get to the fun part. I know, I know. But you just, and this is, actually, we, we've we done a really, really good job. Um, you know, we're fully cast. We've yeah. got our Indiegogo going, which, by the way, the link's in the description. That's right. We, we've raised um, a great amount of money for us, right? Yeah. A
2: little um, over
0: $3,000. 3000 3000 um, And now we're moving into, I think, would this be our second half of the Indiegogo?
2: Yeah, I would say that. As of today, there's 36 days left on the Indiegogo. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say we're in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, um, you and I, before, before we got on, uh, we were talking about our, um, some stuff that we're doing and putting together for Instagram, for social media, yeah. uh, to hype some people up. So I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm going to shoot that this weekend. You and I were talking about it. So that's going to be really freaking cool. So, yeah. um, we're going to start announcing our cast on social media. So we, 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 we're doing pretty good, you know, and yeah. It's kind of like what you were talking, you know, compartmentalizing everything and just taking it as it comes. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm kind of tired. But tired is good.
2: I mean, right? we're tired and stressed over a good thing. I mean, my biggest problem is that I'm not directing right now.
0: I know. I'm I sick know.
2: of all the pre-production and business stuff. I, you know, we had another table read with the cast, and yeah. well. It started as a table read, but then it morphed into everybody talking about their character. Now, for me as the director and, you know, writing writing and editing it, I'm so happy that the cast was taking ownership of their characters and saying, no, my character wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. if I was, I don't think, I'm not going to say I'm a good director, but if I was a bad director, I would have told them, "No, that's not how I see it." Yeah. But now that I know where they see it, we can come together
0: and bring the characters even more to life. So that Absolutely. was great. Absolutely. And 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 Eric, I mean, I I think just from like you letting them kind of find their footing and just kind of going with how you um went with their thoughts and everything. I think that that really makes you a really good director by the way. So yeah, cuz cuz the other way is just like a almost like a dictator. So Yeah. And nobody wants to work with a dictator after what 2020 has become.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I try to always be as loose and flexible still, you know, holding the reins. It's like that old saying you can slow down a fast horse, but you can't speed up a slow horse.
0: Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. if I
2: have an actor who's wanting to go full throttle, you know, I could pull them back and go, "Uh, oh, this way, let's go this way. But still use their energy, but working together. And I can't get enough of our cast, man. They're just. They're great. Yeah, they're great. There's nothing else I can really say about them, except I can't wait to start really directing.
0: Dun, 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 which will be the next table read. So that that's yeah. cool. That's cool. And uh, again, if anybody is interested, we have some really great perks. And our, 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 our second half of our Indiegogo is we're calling it Help us make horror oh, fun, again. fun again. Yes, yes. It harkens back. Obviously, this is an 80s film, 80s slasher film, right? Yeah. And And I like the way that you explain it because I've kind of adopted that, is we want to make horror fun again. Yeah. You know? We just want a bunch of teenagers going off where they're not supposed to be. And, and getting involved for it. Yeah, letting letting people die in yeah. a great bloody way. It's gonna be fun, and it's fun, and uh, we are certainly uh, looking to all 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 the gracious people who are listening to help us make horror fun again. Exactly. And now, can we talk about real quick how cool and how this HBO and Warner Brothers. Oh singers. man, see, this is where
2: we might disagree. I don't think it's a good thing i think Even though i've said count now for those of you who maybe you don't read the trades and stuff like that warner brothers pictures has basically got this deal going where there are big releases for the year like the new matrix movie um and a bunch of other stuff so basically the way this deal is going to be working is When one of Warner Brothers' big movies come out each month, it's going to be like this. It'll be available on HBO Max for a month and in theaters. But as soon as January's over, it'll only be available in theaters. Then the February release will be available on HBO Max and in theaters and, you know, so on and so forth throughout the year. Now that's mainly because people will still be worried about Corona. You know, mm-hmm. it's still, COVID is still a thing, and it'll be long till people feel safe going back in theaters. Again, I went to the theater 34 times last year. <laughs> and right now, um, ah, I think it's bad because... Everybody gives their sister, cousin, and brother their HBO Max password, Mm -hmm. and if you have regular HBO, you've got HBO Max already for free along with your cable bill. Mm -hmm. I'm just not happy about it, but then here's the thing. I've told you countless times if I ever go to jail, it's gonna be because I beat up a teenager at the movie <laughs> theater for talking and using their cell phone. right, right. So yeah. for that, I'm happy, but I don't know. I mean theaters are already upset and fighting mm-hmm. back about this, kind of oh, yeah. like with AMC
0: and universal Mm-hmm. yep yeah but hey, you know I. Are you? Oh, uh-huh. go on. Oh, oh! I was just gonna say, reading Verge, they they brought that up. You know, I think I think Warner Brothers, which rightly so, is is playing the field with the streaming subscription, but also making their. Because I mean, let's face it: will will theaters ever go away? I don't know, and should they ever go away? I don't think so, because that that in itself is is a. a I mean, you know, you go up, you you go to get ready. It's like an event that you want to do, right? Yeah. You want to go to a movie. And yeah, you might want to kill a couple of teenagers, but still, you know? And I think I think I think it's a smart move. I thought now actually before we talked and you told me this whole thing about being in there for 1 month. I don't mind it. I don't cuz I think, you know, it's like fishing. They're getting as many fish they're pulling them in the, and then they're taking it out, and then they're putting the next one in. So I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I think it's a good move. Um, but again, i don't I don't do movies that much like you uh, admittedly. Um, but I still, you know, it's well, movies, they should be an event, you know? Wherever you go to a art I house to a AMC, it's
2: like David Lynch said, you don't watch a movie on your
0: effing phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and same thing with Tom Cruise. You know, he did. They did Greyhound, and he was. They were all afraid that they were never. Nobody was ever going to get to see it, but then it went to iTunes. You know, and so I mean, there's there's things to be said that you know some things, yeah, streaming. Other things need to, they belong to be seen in a big theater, right? And, and yeah. I mean, think about, you know, going to, to theaters when we were kids. You know, those are things that you just, you just don't, you just don't uh, want to take for granted, you know?
2: Yeah. So, so, Larry, you know, me and, you know, we talked about me wanting to beat up teenagers uh-huh. at movie theaters. <laughs> And you know, you know what else teenagers do besides talk in movie theaters and use their cell phones and be disrespectful?
0: Where? They go to high school. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. And, you know, actually, this is a good tie in because, you know, obviously with with streaming services and now publishing deals. And, you know, we just talked to a uh, uh, Country Singer, um, our yeah. last show. Right. Uh, Jesse Lee, who put out independent albums, who was on Spotify. Um, One of the things that the streaming services and all these independent platforms provide are a way to get your story out and get your story heard. And much like what you said about teenagers, um, we have an author with us today and he wrote a book about teenagers but more than that he wrote oh man it's it's a tough story it is a tough story and i don't really know how to how to segue into it so i think we should get him on because i think it's it's a it's a powerful story to tell um so let's just bring him on uh john tanner welcome to the show Thank you for being on.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Looking forward to this.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. And Not waiting you know, to hear your story. Yes, you know, it is kind of a hard thing to to do an introduction to or segue because this is a very serious issue that that you've had to really endure, um, and and. And what better way to tell your story than your book? Um, tell us a little bit about what Bombshell in the Barrio is all about.
1: Bombshell in the Barrio is a story that takes place in El Paso, Texas. Uh, it's a city that we're hearing a lot about in the news, but it's kind of an important point to just talk about El Paso for a quick second. El Paso is an area that when you put Juarez, Mexico with it, the population is about 2.7 million people, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, The closest Texas city to it is San Antonio, which is 600 miles away. Um, And I guess the closest city north to it would be Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is about four hours away. It's just isolated unto itself with a population that's about 85% Hispanic. And the story takes place at a, in a district called the El Paso Independent School District. And I was principal at a high school called Austin High School, which happened to be in the neighborhood where I grew up. So it was, um, uh, that, that's the setting for it. And it's important to note that it's a poor area, poor financially, but not culturally. And so Bombshell in the body takes a look at what happens when a public school system takes a bull by the horns of its issues and says, we're going to have successful schools, we're going to have our kids be academically successful, we're going to get them into great colleges, and we're going to turn around this trajectory of saying that poor kids can't do it. And long and short of it is, we did it. I, at Austin High School, was uh, at a school that was not known for academic progress. And in a very short time, we were getting kids into MIT, into West Point, into Emory. We were, uh, my last year there, 92% of our graduating class had made it to at least one four-year school. When I had begun there, not even 17% were pursuing school after high school. So, we did a lot of great stuff there, and uh, it was with a lot of people, great students. Everybody was on the same mindset. Instead of getting kudos for this, or congratulations, or people coming in to ask, hey, how did you all turn this around? How did your school turn around? How did your district turn around? We instead had politicians, uh, one in particular, Elliot Shapley, he was a Texas senator. Who comes out and accuses without evidence, kind of like this, uh, kind of like Trump, without evidence, saying there's voter fraud and there's absolutely no evidence. We have this guy Elliot Shapley who comes out and says this school district and these schools cheated to to advance, mm-hmm. and the narrative was so strong and said for so long, and that was the only narrative that was allowed to be published that it really became the truth in the city without us ever being able to defend ourselves. This took about 10 years to get through. Uh, We lost our jobs, we lost uh, our reputations, we lost our names, we lost our teaching certificates. We pretty much lost everything. I lost my retirement paying to save my name. And after all was said and done in 10 years, All charges were dropped. We were completely given back all of our teaching certifications with no blemish on them. And we have a media in El Paso who refuses to publish that. They are ignoring that this story ever even happened and are just pretending that this book has never even been written. I can can get publicity in many places except El Paso, Texas. So that's kind of... (laughs) That's kind of the story that happened in a nutshell, but I think what the bigger story is, it's looking at what is happening with public schools in the nation today. We have a narrative in our world that says public schools in the U.S. are not good. And I'm here to tell you, that's a false narrative. It's wrong. We have had public schools in the U.S. since 1636, and it's the reason we have a middle class. It's the reason we have some sort of a level playing field. And with the attacks that we're getting from both the left and the right on our public schools, we're losing them. We're losing them to charters. We're losing them to, uh, even though charters are public schools, they really aren't. Uh, we're losing them to this voucher program. We're losing the the public's confidence in public schools, which really has made us a strong nation. And I think that's what bombshell and the body of starts introducing us to and it starts introducing us to what happens when you have a media narrative that only allows one story to come out and they (laughs) will (laughs) not allow another side of the story to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sounds sounds kind of familiar. Um, What? Let's 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 start. Do you or have you found out the reason that they like this the senator went after you sure. uh, is, i mean it's got to be you know i'm just speaking out i mean it is it is it is it did he have some kind of like a, a deal with some other school district or or what to it to because do it this was the,
2: a bad you know what lower income kids like how can they be doing this well if they're not cheating sort of
0: ridiculous it was ridiculous
1: especially the way he came out and said it and and i mean he's suave and debonair he he did it with Mm. with gusto and but i think really when you're asking what would be the reason behind this that's what Mm. we had to ask it's like what's really going on so as we start digging into it we have a senator there at the end of his career And what we really believe, and we think the book is well-versed in it and that we have it well-documented, that he was trying to find a cash cow for his retirement and that he was really trying to take over part of the school district so that he would be able to give grants, that he would be able to administer, that he would be able to do something that would uh, give him an income later on. And I think he was in a relationship with people on our city council in El Paso who were looking for uh, cash revenue through taxes that were coming from the schools and that they were looking at how can they get their hand on the revenue for schools that will go for city projects, much like what is done in Chicago.
0: Mm, man, man. And,
1: and, and I, as saying that, it's like, wow, that's a load and it's a mouthful to say – but we think we have our ducks covered. We think we have our ducks in a row to show that that's exactly what was going on.
0: Man, I, I tell you the, the links, some people will go. I just, it's like, it's, it's like a movie. It's like a horror. it's actually a horror movie in a sense, because it, it's, it's amazing. The links that some people will go to, to protect themselves, but ruining everybody else's 30. lives
2: yeah
1: it's- they ruined the lives of myself of the defendants uh that were with us and i mean were we ever accused of taking any money no never accused of taking any money it's when it came down to what were we accused of that we actually got federally indicted and threatened with you know decades in, in federal prison what were the charges against us I can honestly tell you, I have gone through this. I have lived through the whole thing. I can't tell you what the charges were. I still don't understand them. They made no sense.
0: Oh, man. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff. And I'm glad we have you on because that's been a, a long discussion or talking point with any kind of, like, government, um, which is about schools, um, and I, I want to kind of shift because maybe, maybe, maybe our shift from your book to and all, all this really has to do with it's your, it's your life, it's your life, it's your livelihood. And, um, could it be that in all this government crap about all the schools and the talk of public schools being so horrible? Um in, in in your in your view, what is it that 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 people are saying and talking about? And could you talk a little bit about why people are are so down on public schools? Well, I think that narrative against public
1: schools really started back in the 1960s. It's when we started doing these tests uh, between our country and the rest of the countries like Europe and what have you. And we keep on getting the reports of wow we just don't do as well as these other countries look at how far behind we are in comparison to the other countries on this that and the other tests that we take and what we don't ask is what tests what was the methodology who's who are we testing are we testing apples to apples or are we testing apples to oranges and always we're testing apples to oranges you know one of the biggest examples is that Usually in the U.S., we are the only school system in the world that says we are going to educate all kids regardless of their ability or disability, and all of them have a right to a free and appropriate public education. Amen. So we give these tests to everybody, and our tests are compared with the cross-section of all of our students with usually the best and brightest of the other countries. It's usually not this fair thing that we're we're seeing. Here's one thing that's not told in the press. The past five years, the International Science Fair has been won by a U.S. public school student. Really? Really. You know, and then you have like Bill and Melinda Gates, who I love what they do for education, but... They, for a long time, were saying that our K through 12 public education is just terrible and doesn't stack up to the rest of the world. And yet in the same breath, they talk about our colleges and universities are the best in the world and everybody wants to come to our colleges and universities. So I agree with them. Our colleges and universities are the best in the world and people do want to come to them. The vast majority of students and our best colleges and universities come from our public schools so how can these schools be so bad and yet we're able to get our kids into harvard mit princeton and what have you that
0: that's that's crazy to say because again you're 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 double talking to people who number one a lot of people going to public schools that's their only option and for for somebody i mean how could I mean, okay, I guess it's easy to look at it and, you know, much like your government official or your Bill and Melinda Gates or fill in the blank, they can say whatever they want and people just kind of blindly go, you know what? He's right. Why? Well, because isn't that the guy that did uh, Microsoft? I mean, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. And then, I mean, you take somebody like you who actually has been in the trenches And And I'm sure you see the ground kind of people will have a better understanding.
1: Yeah. And and educators have been so disrespected that we don't ask educators how schools need to change. Uh, And we definitely aren't asking educators about how our kids are doing in school. You know, uh, we we just have so many assumptions about school and discipline and what have you and, and kids today. Kids today are like kids they were 50 years ago. I mean, one of my phrases is things aren't aren't necessarily better or worse. They're different. There are different issues that come about. But when you're looking at kids developmentally, 50 years ago, uh, you had teenagers who were apathetic and didn't want to do a whole lot while they were doing their work, and you had to do a lot to motivate them. Kind of sounds like teenagers today. It was probably like teenagers were a thousand years ago. And we act, want to act like that's something new. And I I, I think our kids today, we give we
0: them the short end of the stick. We've got some great, great kids out there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it is kind of demoralizing, I think, because, I mean, you know, I mean, I came from public school. so yeah. I, But it is, when you hear somebody talking, at you instead of to you, about you and how they feel that your education that not necessarily it's it's a, a, a direct but indirectly and they go, huh? I'm going to that school. What do you think about me? What do you think about my education? And it's just, I mean, it just effing sucks all the way around because that's just and that's why we may maybe maybe. Oh oh I'm getting on my soapbox there. <laughs> right. Maybe that's maybe that's where we are, why we're here right now. Every, everybody is so apathetic and everybody is so I don't think America I think America's kind of lost its way in a, in a way they they've lost their voice because there's so many voices now with with the internet and social media and people are afraid to voice who they are because again, you know this whole cancel culture thing. And so it's and I know we're kind of getting off track, but it's all but but it relates so much because that's what happened to you guys with your book. Um and you you and I mean I can I I can imagine that well, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I, I was just going to say I think what what really starts happening there is that we were showing We were going against this cultural, this uh, conventional wisdom, which said that public schools can't work. You're you're not going to be able to get kids who who have socioeconomic disadvantages to really do well. And then we're showing, yeah, you can, yeah, we can do it. And instead of saying how, it's like, no, it's not possible. We already told you it's not possible. This isn't how it works. The current mayor of El Paso, while he before all this happened, he had me on a panel with some other principals to look at what did we need to do with our schools before he was going to be part of the school board. And one of my discussions with him, especially with the Hispanic population, was we've got to do a lot more to get our kids into four-year universities. That's where we're really going to break a lot of the cycle of poverty. That's where we need need people in those positions. And uh, El Paso is obviously majority Hispanic, but Texas is majority Hispanic. It's like, we've got to get kids into college. And he was letting me know how wrong I was, how wrong I was, how wrong I was. And I let him know, I go, no, and we're doing it. And and we're getting kids at Austin High School, and they are going to all these colleges. And his answer to me was, then where are we going to get the day laborers?
0: What the b Are you serious? I okay. am absolutely dead serious. Okay, all bets are off. That's the thing. They're trying to hold each other back. They don't if if one of them, you know what? Oh man, um, that just
2: uh,
0: I I'm speechless. I'm fl- But you know what? That's okay. a that's that's behind the scene. Oh, John. Now I'm beginning to think because they oh, don't want God. you to succeed where their failures are because they are failures. Or, or we're going to keep people tracked where they're supposed to be.
2: That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, yeah. As, lo- as, as long as we have them doing day labor stuff, as long as we, you know, they're doing all the stuff that we say, hey, all this good hard work is going, we're doing our job. But if we're starting to see our uh people of color going into positions of being doctors and lawyers it's like hold hold on we're we're not ready for that
0: yet oh man so
2: wanting to keep the lower class stuck as lower class that's communism
1: well you know it's it's safe to say it's a history we've had within our world and you know and when you and don't get me wrong, when I talk about that we do have good public schools, I'm not saying that we don't have room for improvement. We have yeah. tons of room for improvement. Mm-hmm. When you do go to different school districts that have different parts of town and what have you, go to your richer schools, see what programs they have for their kids, go to your poorer schools, see which programs they have for their kids, and they're different.
0: Now, now let me ask you that. See, this is this is where this is where. Oh, the, well, OK, OK, I got to calm down. This is like firing me up because, OK, what and why are there differences like that? Why can't it be across the board the same?
1: Good question. Why is it? I mean, and I'll take I'll take El Paso for an example and I'll take the El Paso Independent School District. They have what is called the uh, baccala- uh, International Baccalaureate Program, very prestigious program to get into. Uh, if you graduate from uh, with an IB diploma, which my daughter did, and I'm very proud, uh, you graduate with lots of college credits that are accepted at even your Ivy League schools. Cool. The one school in EPISD that has this program is in the richest part of town, and any kid who is not part of that school who qualifies to get into that program has to be bused to that program from other parts of the city, and if they don't have the transportation to get there, if they don't have the uh, the resources that they need for that program, they're not going to make it. You would have kids who came from a, the east side of the city going to the west side. They would get on the bus by 6:30 in the morning and be getting back to their
0: house at night. Yeah. 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 And and why? But I guess the easy the the no-brainer question is why can't they do something like that in that 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 lower lower class school district? Why can't they do that?
1: Why yeah, why not in the lower socioeconomics? Why can't we yeah. push the academics just as much? And that when we show we do, what do you know the kids rise up to it? Hell we, yeah. We have this mindset that poverty keeps kids from learning poverty is not an excuse for a kid not to learn and they can get to the exact same level. We may have to work differently. We may have to work in a, in a, another way to get them to that same level, but can we get them there? Yes, we can get them there.
0: Is it, is it because it, I mean is it is it that much work because I can tell you that I've known people and I mean in in a way I mean you know, uh, I, 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 I mean, I've, I've known people that have the drive and the determination and the will to succeed. And, and I think, man, why I just, but see, that's the whole thing. You know, everybody talks about like this whole thing of not everybody, not being equal, then why can't somebody step up and stop and get off Twitter, get off Instagram, and actually go to your Congressman, go to your Senator, go to your local politician and, and, and start there because nothing ever got accomplished going to Twitter. Let's just get that <laughs> out of the way right now. Nothing ever, except demoralization if they don't agree with you. So what is, and man, I know we're way off your book, but this is so no. amazing. It's not off the book. This is what the book is about.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, because, and when you get right down to it, I know for myself and the other defendants and the other part I've got to throw in, there were three people in this who had already made a plea bargain with the government. Without them even asking for it, the government came back and let them withdraw their plea. This is how outrageous this whole case was. But there is one thing I can tell you that I and the other defendants, and I can speak for them, that we all share, is we will never minimize what we went through. We will never minimize yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it was huge. But we also recognize what people of color have had to go through and understand that as horrible of an, of an experience as we have had, it doesn't touch many of the other experiences that people of color have had to go through. And I, and I think that that has really brought that to light for us. I can't call it a silver lining, but I can call it something that we
0: have learned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we touch on that, let's go back because, because I mean, just how many people were involved with, with your case, So this was a thing where they started this cheating
1: scandal. And like I told you, it took 10 years. And when they would accuse one thing of a cheating scandal and it didn't work, it morphed into something else, then into something else, and then into something else. To where it finally got to five people that nobody ever from the beginning of it would have ever thought of us to be on the witness stand, having the the bulk and the weight of this huge cheating scandal that no one could really ever define. So I would say if we look at it from beginning to end, it affected about 50 people. Uh, how many lives did it
0: ruin? It ruined at least 10 of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And and that 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 not only you pers- well, you personally, but that includes your family members, each family member because i mean i grew up in texas and right now i'm in san antonio and i know that you know i mean once and this was 10 years ago so this is probably at the almost the the beginnings of like uh internet news right and, right. and putting it on and and you as well as i and eric and everybody listening to this when you put something up on the internet it doesn't go away it never goes away it's there for everyone to see. And fortunately or unfortunately, you know, a great thing with you guys, you get to go, yeah, that that's everything you read when it comes up. Yeah, that that's what happened. And I'm here to tell you what really happened. And, you know, so like all that has affected your family. Actually, let's talk about just for a quick minute, because maybe just somebody out there will... Will be brought to light about the things that that you do to people individually has a connection to like family members and it goes deeper than just you know with you so how tell us about how it has affected your your family and your life if you call. First, I have, it did
1: let me know how incredible my wife is. She's the most amazing woman. Uh, because what happens when all this happens, you know, it's, um, I don't say this bragging. I was a really popular principal. I had a very yeah. good reputation. I worked really hard for my name. And so uh, I was already somewhat, especially within the school system. But when this happened and my name is is pasted everywhere, and then, uh, as bad as it gets, um, there was no place for me to get a job. There was no place that I could go to. I couldn't even go to mass on Sunday without people looking. It was, uh, and this isn't a pretty big. City. Yeah. And with that, it became clear, really clear, very quickly. It's like I got to get out of this town. I got to still make a living. We had uh, a dream house that we had bought. We, we, you know, uh, we had established a life there. Our kids were there and we uprooted. We uprooted when we were in our early fifties and we move up to Olympia, Washington and we started over. My wife uh, was an incredible, is an incredible teacher and she was a journalism teacher. I mean, she, uh, national award was Columbia Scholastic Press. She had her dream job in El Paso, and she uprooted to follow me up here. I get into, you know, my, my doctorates in education. My my whole focus of my career was in education, and I'm not in education anymore. I got into another career, uh, which I like, and it's, it's a good career, and it, it's uh, I'm very fortunate to be in it, but I mean, it was uprooting and establishing new roots, even a place as gorgeous as Olympia, Washington is, uh, when you start establishing new roots in your 50s, it's, it's not as easy as what it was in your 20s and 30s. You know, yeah. I mean, and that's just a little bit of, of what went on there. Uh, the uprooting of that the house that our kids grew up in is not the house that they're going to inherit. You know, it's it's a uh, that's on such a minor scale of, of what yeah. we lost.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you could. You, I'm sure you could probably write another book just based on the strength and the resilience that that you as as a family unit have kind of have have kind of gone through.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And what's interesting in it is all the defendants. Not one of us lost our marriage.
0: Ah, oh, it's great. Oh, yeah, that's
1: and, good. and I think all of us will even say that our marriages got stronger. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I, I, t- I, I mean, I guess it could go, you know, one of two ways, and I'm, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, the other, the other, like, the, the other guys, the two other guys that help you write the book. Yeah. Um, what, what involvement did they have, um, with, with this whole thing?
1: Thank you for bringing that up, because it's one thing I have forgotten to mention before in in interviews is uh, I'm going to mention Mark Tegmeyer, who was one of the co-writers, and uh, two other people, Diane Thomas and Nancy Love. They were assistant principals with me. There is only one reason and one reason alone of why they got involved in this. And it was because when the FBI went to speak to them, they refused to give the narrative that the FBI wanted them to give. The FBI gave them every chance to do so. If you say this, you'll be fine. If you say this against him, you'll be fine. And they refused to lie. And for refusing to lie, they were told this is what will happen if you do not comply. You will see what happens if you do not comply and they got indicted in this. So uh, it, it, you, you just kind of go, wow. It was uh, a narrative from the FBI had already been established, and anybody who was going to say anything against it was going to be targeted as a criminal themselves. When you're looking at the other guy, James Anderson, and he was great. He, uh, boy, he's a keeper of all the evidence. He's a keeper of all the the sources he's amazing with what he has and he was an assistant superintendent uh, and again he was one it's just like I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything against anybody and I'm not going to tell you I did anything wrong when I didn't do anything wrong and please tell me you're saying I went against the law what law did I break and it was a refusal to back down is why you, it's that's the only reason we were
0: indicted I, I I'm okay. I'm kind of at a loss for words because I mean when when the FBI says here's what we want you to say, if you say you, you know what I mean? If if you say what we want you to say, what we want to hear you say, you'll be okay. And if not, that that in itself should be illegal. It but it's is coming a, after well, the FBI. But I want to say it is illegal, but
1: when you are talking the Department of Justice and you were talking the FBI, they are legally allowed to be illegal. Yeah. They are above the law. They do have more rights than you and me. Make no, make no bones about it, and there is no such thing as innocent until proven guilty.
0: Mm, 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 mm. learn it the I, hard way <laughs> I, and i would i would almost venture to say that all this is in your book oh yeah oh, and yeah. more i would imagine you know it's
1: it's a complex story that i think in about 240 pages we made it clear we made it clear what happened and why it happened and, you know, and as I put in there, as it's as cliched as it sounds, we became part of the club of you never thought it could happen to you. Right. And it's just like, wow, how did this happen? how did I wake up in, into this Twilight Zone episode that I don't know how to get out of?
0: Man, oh, man. Um, w- so... I oh, and it's funny that you say it it's a complex it very is it very much is a complex um story um because I really I I'm kind of flabbergasted at how all this and it just kind of started and did it just did it just like get worse and worse as it went on it like, it was like what are they making up today what are they going to have with it
1: today so One of the things that ended the case focused on uh, a shop teacher that I had. He was an auto shop teacher. This was a guy who purposely tried to run down a student in the parking lot of the school. It was witnessed by students. It was witnessed by a teacher. I mean, everything is there. There's that old joke of how do you get rid of a bad teacher? Well, you're going to have to watch them trying to run over a kid in the parking lot. (laughs) And you would think that that's going to be a slam dunk, and it should have been, but it wasn't. So what? uh, after even the district decides that, yes, he did do this, Child Protective Services said, yes, he did do this, long story short, he comes out and says that I was retaliating against him because I knew he was an informant for the FBI. What? Kid you not. I mean, can't make this stuff up. And then it's not until the trial that we finally get all the records that the prosecution was purposely hiding that showed that he did not speak to ever to the FBI until seven days after he said, I retaliated against him. They knew this and they still went on with this case
0: oh okay wow um where was where is el paso part of the teachers union what what has anything how does that fit into this so texas is not a union state oh it's a right to work yeah okay and even
1: though teachers are on contract and you have teacher organizations that Try to function as unions. They're not unions. Okay. Okay. And then, of All course, right. as a principal, uh, I'm I'm seen as the other side anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember? Because um, I know, man. We could. I could. I could probably ask so many questions and just go on and on and on. But take us back to the very first moment that that this was brought against you. What was that like for you? So it was on June
1: 25th,
0: 2010.
1: <laughs> <sighs> and, uh, and it goes back to the state senator, Elliot Shapley, and he is having a press conference at his offices, and he is advertising that he is going to have Austin teachers there, Austin uh, parents there, and evidence to show that Austin High School was cheating. Mind you, he had never met me, he had never spoken to me, he had never asked me about my school. So I go to his press conference, and I keep on raising my hand in the back, wanting to ask questions, wanting to ask questions. I almost get kicked out of it, and uh, he finally stops, he goes, you must be a concerned parent of Austin, but I'm here just for the press. And I went, no, 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 I'm, I'm Dr. John Tanner. I'm the principal of Austin High School. I'm here to answer all allegations you have against the school. And And I didn't say this, but it's important to point out that who he had there for his evidence, there was not one teacher from Austin there. There was not one parent from Austin there. He introduced them as such, But they weren't there. They were there as decoration and none of them had a connection to my school. So it it started as a lie from the get go. And when I crashed his press conference and had some of the reporters there who were going, I'm not going to let him lead me astray again because I showed them on the TEA website, there was no cheating scandal at all. And it it goes on and on. He was told many times by many different entities there was no cheating scandal. But anyway, that one, when it embarrassed him there, it put a target on my back. But I knew that there was something really awry because the El Paso Times, even though they put my part of the story within the the body of, of the story, the headline was Austin Cheated. And that's when kind of going, wow, there is something bigger than what I think it is that's happening behind the scenes. And indeed it was.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. Big time. Big time. This is this is an unbelievable story. I I'm so sorry that you had to go through this is horrible
2: that an innocent person had to go through this.
0: I mean, but (laughs) there's always a but. What doesn't. Uh, this is so, is it cliche, what doesn't really kill you or destroy you, it makes you so much stronger. Well, right? it,
1: it's made my tolerance for liquor a lot stronger. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd like to thank Daniels for getting me through this whole thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I really never drank it straight before, but heck, can do that now. <laughs> right,
0: right, right, right. And, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm glad that that you can talk about it now and not and you don't seem to harbor any feelings which is good you know whether bad feelings because i can i can only imagine um oh man what i
1: have a i have a real strong faith i mean i am a cradle catholic and i really adhere to to my catholicism with this and uh you know I always, I, I say it half jokingly. It was the rosary and whiskey got me through
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there were times that, you know, just, man, just God bless you for just Mm -hmm. being here today and being, being through it. You know, you only get blindsided once. The second time you're a, little, <laughs> a lot more wiser um, to the fact. but, but um, And I mean, you, you've just really proven the fact that you just maybe this is not the show to say, but you can't really trust anything from anything, you know, and and and, and actually having said that, what what, John, in in your humble opinion and Eric, if you want to chime in. What can we trust anymore?
1: You, you know, we can't get there. I mean, because you're right, we can't trust anything. But if we live like that, then how do we live?
0: Then we're not I, living at all. I know that's a whor- and it's a horrible thing, and it's a horrible <sighs> way to, to live. It's a horrible and, and and maybe maybe it's just as simple as clinging to your faith I think and that's knowing. The same way knowing that in the end that everything will work out the way it's supposed to oh i just got chills wow maybe or that's that, it or we get to come back in the next life and try it all over again <laughs> yeah. Oh no! are you ready for that one uh, <laughs> man i tell but no i john you really should actually do a follow-up and you know 20, 30, 40, 50 page of follow-up of what life has been like for you and and how... Because, I mean, that's this is like PTSD for you, you know? And, and, I mean, how do you get... And I promise we're about to wrap up, but how do you get over something like this? An incredible wife, uh, a four-year-old granddaughter who (laughs) thinks
1: that I that I hung the moon, you know, it, and it is, it's, um, I rarely do I get preachy, but here I'll go. Rain is going to fall on the just and yes, unjust. Yes, alike. Yes. And who am I to think that I was going to be free of this, that there was going to be, if, if, no matter, uh, I think I'm living a good life, you <laughs> cuss way too much, but, you know, think I'm living a good life. Uh, who's to think that that's just a magic formula that nothing ever bad is going to happen to yeah. you? It it's going to happen, and it's um, and I'm not the only one that that's happened to. I mean, I, I the Netflix show that uh, that really really puts me into a reality check is when they see us, and that is the one about the um, the five Central Park men. Yeah. who were falsely accused of uh raping the woman and what they went through what i went through was horrible it doesn't
0: begin to
1: touch what they went through yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and and if you can shine a light yeah. and again you know it tv is weird the media is weird because everybody sees like a true story and a documentary And they go, oh, wow, that's really great. But they don't really, like, take it like you've just described it. Because unless you live it, unless you've experienced, everybody's so disconnected, you know? And um, I I tell you, now that we get into that, I mean, we could just go on and on about some of the stuff that, I mean, you just... And I know you've touched on a little bit of it, and I'm just so thankful that that, you know, you took the time to be on our show. And I, I really appreciate it. Um I I and it really if this is a complicated thing because I don't really know how to wrap this up. <laughs> it really is, cause it's just mind blowing. Uh, boy, I
1: mean there's if there was a way to wrap it up, I think it's um it talks about so many things. I mean, one of the things we didn't talk about in depth was the media. Mm. You know, and so there is a, I'll read just one quote from the book, and we quoted Malcolm X. Okay. Um, this is the press, an irresponsible press. It will make the criminal look like he's the victim and make the victim look like he's the criminal. If you aren't careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing, and that's Malcolm X.
0: Okay, that's very powerful. And and again, you know, to have that kind of insight and and to think of you know the the times now, I think I think that's a very appropriate way to just say thank you john thank tanner you
2: so much for coming on and telling yes, us story. yes
0: yes and thank you're, you well- you're you're welcome and now i we must say before we go all, all this and and 10 times more is in your book and i'm sure it reads like a a thriller or a jason Bourne t- or the 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 client type type movie um is is where is your book available where can you get your book your book is available on
1: amazon and so you uh you can go to amazon bombshell in the Oh, you can put my name in there our parisia press all of that's there also barnes and noble uh we were i was really thrilled to see uh got some people from el paso who sent me pictures of barnes and noble where they already had the book because uh there were so many people asking for Mm -hmm. it that they uh went out and and have it in their stores now. So uh, online at Barnes and Noble, online at Amazon, and you can even go to your Barnes and Noble store and ask them to order it. That's and perfect. all
2: of the links will be in the description.
0: Yes, yes. That would be great. You know, we really didn't even cover because there's so because there's so much, it's a giant topic, but like your students and the parents of these students, I'm sure they came out for you in droves. In droves. In absolute droves.
1: Uh, There was one school board meeting that uh, the school board room holds 350 people. It was jam-packed standing room only. And then outside, there were more people outside the boardroom than in the boardroom. It was estimated to be about 2,000 people who came
0: out. Oh, man. So complicated. So convoluted. So... uh just makes you angry when you hear about it because we as a people, what can we do? And But you've done it. You've absolutely, you've fought back and you won. You won. And I think, you know, something in my head keeps saying, speak the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. And that seems to be. There's that, uh, as Martin
1: Luther King Jr. always said, the long arc of justice and and we'll we'll eventually get there we'll eventually get there and if the if the
0: story doesn't have a good ending then the story isn't finished yet that's great yep yep amen to that amen to that i think that's perfect john just from my standpoint thank you for being on the show it was an
2: honor to hear your story yes and like i said the links to where you can purchase john's book will be in the description if you're listening in on anchor And when it goes up, we will tweet out the links and all that other good stuff. So, you know, like we say, well, do you have anything else you wanted to say, John?
1: No, just thank you. This has been great. It's been great talking to you, Eric. It's been great talking to you, Larry. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank Thank you you you.
2: so much. And you know, everybody, like we say at the end of every show, especially in this day and age, excellent to each other.